Hello and welcome to this week's Reorg Europe podcast. My name is Sean Qureshi and I'm a legal analyst in Reorg's London office. This week I'm joined by distressed debt and restructuring editor Richard Woolley, who will be discussing Galapagos, and co-deputy editor Jayshree Kalia, who will be updating us on rally. So, Jayshree, the market seems to be watching how rally's legal proceedings in France are developing. Can you tell us some more? Hi, Sean. Well, just to give you some background, French holding company Rally and its subsidiaries and parent companies filed for creditor protection on May 23rd. The holding company of French retailer Casino is under safeguard or safeguard, which means exactly that. It's a process that is initiated by the company and is intended to maintain jobs. It also allows shareholders to guard their assets and freeze any payments for a given period. Now, on September 25th, Rally published a draft safeguard plan, which proposed to term out its debt over 10 years. What this means is that creditors will not get paid anything for the first two years, and from year three to year nine, they will receive 5% interest each year, and then up to 65% would be repaid in year 10. This really was a reminder of what a company can do under French laws. Unsecured creditors thought it would be better than a write-off, but the news of the draft plan led to different market reactions. On one hand, investors were expecting the debt to be termed out and were not surprised that the, fla- that the plan would favour shareholders and the current structure. As a result, the debt didn't move much in price after the announcement. But on the other hand, the plan raises some questions on how this will impact French supermarket chain Casino, which is a subsidiary of Rally and has the burden of paying Rally debt as well as its own. Investors have also scrutinized every last word in the statement to figure out if lenders could be treated differently from bondholders. Some investors commented that Rally can't mistreat its banks without taking the risk of making future refinancing harder. Okay, I understand. So what exactly are the investors worried about? Well, while the plan is within the law, investors are concerned about how the company could execute it without a clear asset disposal plan. Keeping all debt in place for Rally and Casino would make it harder for either entities to refinance their liabilities because Casino would have to service Rally's debt and Casino still has significant maturities of its own to tackle. There are more jobs at Casino than Rally, given the former is one of France's largest grocers. And job preservation is something that is considered under safeguard. Casino would have less of a cash burden if there was less debt at Rally, which could be achieved by haircutting Rally's creditors or exchanging debt for equity or equity-like instruments. But a debt for equity exchange seems less likely because it would involve Nauri giving up control. Okay, but uh, what about what about Casino? Does that company have a say in any of this? Well, when Rally announced it was going into safeguard, we did expect a group of casino investors to organize and take some position. But this didn't happen. In fact, the debt at casino level really hasn't traded much. 
In contrast, we have seen some distressed funds buy into Valley's debt at around 60 cents. And these trades were pretty sizable at about 100 million and 50 million euros. Some investors have said that a payment holiday during the first years of Sofgard could be good for a casino. But last month, a group of casino shareholders wrote to the French prosecutor asking the court to convert Raleigh's safeguard proceeding into RJ, or redressement judiciaire, under which administrators that are appointed by the French court have more control over some of the company's decisions. Whereas in safeguard, the company and its managers retain control. Casino shareholders are arguing that Sofgard is not suitable for holding companies and Raleigh's 40 employees should not be favoured at the expense of Casino's 225,000 workforce. They say there is a conflict of interest between Casino's controlling shareholder, Nauri, and the company itself. They think Casino's strategic decision to sell 4.5 billion euros worth of assets since June last year is, po- is poorly timed and the potential use of proceeds as dividends to rally and the holding entities above it is unreasonable given Casino's own net debt of 4.74 billion euros at the end of June. Thanks, Jeshri. That's a very interesting dynamic and definitely one to watch. Richard, let's discuss German heat exchanger group Galapagos. What's happened? Uh, Cheers, Shan. Yeah, so last week, the New York County Supreme Court became the latest to open proceedings uh, relating to the restructuring of Galapagos. Uh, That was after a busy summer for the deal in Europe, though. Okay, so what's what's the background here? Right. So on the 7th of June, Galapagos SA, which was then a Luxembourg registered company, announced that it had struck a lock-up agreement with the holders of 79% of its senior secured notes, all of the lenders under its revolving credit facility, all the lenders under its uh, super senior guarantee facility agreement, and certain funds that were managed by its shareholder Triton um, to implement a balance sheet restructuring. This was because, so the company reported gross debt of 9.6 times at the end of last year, Uh, had access to only 20 million euros in unrestricted cash, but it was due to make a coupon payment, a few coupon payments actually, on June the 15th, um, uh, related to three tranches of bond debt. These included a 3.4 million euro payment due on its fixed rate secured notes, uh, around 2.5 million euros due on its floating rate secured notes, and 8.8 million due on its 7% senior unsecured notes, uh, which mature in 2020, and the latter uh, were issued by Galapagos Holding, uh, which is a non-guarantor company, one notch above Galapagos SA in the group structure. Okay, so the idea behind the restructuring was that these impending debt maturities would be extended, and uh, there'd be a major recapitalization of the business. Triton was going to put up uh, 140 million euros for investment in the company's equity and or the subordinated debt, and it was going to put a further 24.8 million euros in interim funding as a super senior RCF. Okay, Uh, there was a lot more to the agreement than that, of course, but the most important bit for us um, is the fact that it was premised on the company, the sponsor, the senior secured note holders, and the unsecured note holders reaching a consensual agreement. 
Okay, so I'm guessing that this consensual agreement didn't happen. It did not. Uh, the unsecureds have always been of the mind that Triton's proposal really undervalues their notes. And so they were offered some residual value under the lockup agreement, but they didn't think it was enough, and they rejected the offer at the beginning of July. Uh, in those circumstances with the rejection, the lockup proposed an alternative transaction under which Triton would remain in control of the company. Uh, the senior secured note holders would co- recover at par plus, but the unsecureds would receive nothing. Uh, Galapagos SA went on to default on its June 15 coupon. Um, and it assured the senior secured note holders that they would be paid in full if the restructuring was completed. Um, importantly, before this happened, uh, Galapagos SA had relocated its registered office from Luxembourg to Fairham, uh, which is a uh, nice market town outside Portsmouth on the south coast of England on the 13th of June. And then on the basis that the UK was now its centre of main interest, the group's directors, supported by the senior secured note holders and Triton, applied to the High Court in London for an, an administrative order to protect its restructuring under the alternative transaction. That was on the 22nd of August. Okay, so uh, when the when the parties got to the London Court, how did the proceedings pan out? It was fairly eventful. Right, so shortly before the hearing began on the 23rd of August, the following day, the senior secured note holders exercised uh, certain rights under a share pledge granted by the issuer of their notes, that was Galapagos Holding, Um, And it allowed them, in light of the June default, the coupon default, to remove the new UK directors of Galapagos SA and install their own. And in this case, that was a Dusseldorf-based lawyer called Jan Bayer. And all this was revealed during the hearing in the English High Court. Uh, So the judge was forced to briefly adjourn the proceedings while the company's barrister withdrew, effectively because the company that had retained him no longer existed. And uh, by the time the court reconvened that afternoon, Galapagos SA, under its new management, had filed for insolvency in the Dusseldorf District Court, which had already appointed Frank Kebekus as the preliminary insolvency administrator. Um, So the English judge adjourned proceedings for a week, and uh, there was a long day of submissions on the 28th of August uh, by both parties, after which the judge decided to stay the English case until the Dusseldorf proceedings finished. Um, and uh, I mean, the latest with that is that the Dusseldorf court stayed enforcement against Galapagos SA and formally appointed Kebekus in September um, uh, and empowered him basically to collect bank balances and other claims of the debtor, you know, as well as receiving incoming funds. But that didn't put an end to the senior secured or Triton's efforts. Okay, so after all of this, what what happened next? Uh, so the senior secureds decided to commence their own share pledge enforcement in Luxembourg on the basis of what our sources told us was a legal opinion that confirmed that the enforcement was legally possible, despite the Dusseldorf stay. Triton, meanwhile, appealed against the company's Dusseldorf insolvency proceedings on the basis that the relevant creditors weren't properly informed about the case, according to the, our sources again. And that brings us more or less up to date on the picture in Europe. Okay, so that's Europe, but what about in the US? What's going on there? Okay, well, last week, 25th of September, a company called Signal Credit Opportunities, which is a member of the ad hoc committee, uh, which holds uh, more than 53% of the unsecured notes, the senior unsecured notes, filed a lawsuit in the New York Supreme Court seeking damages from the group and Triton for alleged uh, contractual breaches under the notes indenture. Signal claims that Galapagos 
has an intrinsic value somewhere between 650 and 750 million euros and claims that Galapagos Holding, Galapagos SA, Triton and a company called Mangrove Luxco, which is the alleged successor of Galapagos Bidco, had devised a, quote, scheme to subvert substantial value away from holders of the senior unsecured notes and instead pay them nothing. Uh, Signal said the marketing process to sell the business was, quote, fundamentally flawed and that the deal between Triton and the senior secureds would, quote, impair and effectively destroy the rights of the holders of the SUNs, that's the unsecured notes, to receive payments owed to them under the indenture. As yet, aside from some affirmations of service for the relevant affidavits in the US, nothing else has been filed in the Supreme Court docket, but of course we're keeping an eye on it. Thanks, Richard. That's it from us this week, and we will be back in two weeks' time. 